Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Mixed Feelings with Kira Bria. My name's Kira. Don't forget to subscribe and give this episode a five-star rating if you're listening or like this video and share it if you're watching. Um, Share it if you're listening as well. But today I wanted to talk about the different ways in which society sets us up for failure that I think we don't realize. Like I really, I really think people don't realize this and I think it's responsible for honestly a lot of our unhappiness, especially as young adults and well, really our whole lives, but as young adults and young adults trying to navigate relationships, I would say. Um, also, before we get started, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kira Bria. I'm trying to get 10K so that I can do swipe ups. Um, I'm almost there. So if you followed me, it would actually make a significant difference. Like I only need um, like a few hundred more followers. And also, if you have questions that you want to send to me um, that I'll answer on my podcast, send them to me. You can DM them to me on Instagram at Kira Bria, and I will make sure to answer those at the end of every episode. Yeah, so let's get into it. So, okay, the first thing that I think fundamentally has messed us up as a, in society, but it, it, is, it is perpetuated by society, is this like obsession with the teenage years. And you know what? I wouldn't even say as much society as it is like media, like the obsession with teens and like teens relationships and teens having sex and like all of like okay I've been watching sex education uh, season three just came on I've been watching it and you know it's in its third season and I will say the show is very very well done and I really like the show however I can't help but continue to notice and now be hyper aware of the hyper sexualization of teenagers in everything we watch and the obsession with making teenagers the main characters of every movie. And for why though? For what? Did you know that you're gonna be an adult for most of your life? You are an adult for most of your life. So why are we placing so much emphasis and expectation on teenage years? Because do you know what that does? First of all, you know, I don't know how old you are. I'm assuming you're, most of my audience is like 18 to 28. So I'm assuming you're like my age bracket, right? If you're around my age, you know, you went through high school and you probably were like, damn, this is nothing like the movies at all. This is nothing like the TV shows at all. I am not, I mean, and you, you could, even if you were sexually active in high school, which I think, a lot less people were than it seems like, or it seemed like in TV and movies. They made it seem like everybody is out here just, no though, no. And I remember I went to college and one of the first things they, and I know that they did this for whatever reason that they did this, but one of the first things I remember they showed us in like orientation was the statistics of like how met of what college students thought, like how many people they thought in college were having sex versus how many were having sex was like such a crazy difference. It was like, yeah, most of them didn't actually have sex in high school, but every, everybody thought that everyone else did. Do you know what I mean? And that is because of media. 
like 110%, right? And you watch shows like Sex Education or even the new Gossip Girl, and it's like, you're seeing kids have honestly very mature relationship situations and very mature sexual situations that are very unrealistic. And regardless of the, the relationship intimacy aspect, just in general, the emphasis on your teenage years being like these crazy main character years where all of this plot development happens and like all of this crazy stuff, all it does is lead to disappointment in the real world because everybody thinks that these things are gonna happen in high school because we naively think that media reflects real life and in in conception it should in conception i think that art should imitate life life imitates art right so then why are we hypersexualizing teenagers when that's not what and why are we making teenagers the most important year when it's really just the hardest like it's just the most difficult and then when you get there and you're in high school and those things aren't happening you feel behind you feel that you're missing out and that feeling of missing out carries with you your entire life do you know why because since there's such an emphasis on the teenage years that also means that once you've aged out of it you feel like you're a failure because the stuff that you thought was supposed to happen to you in high school didn't happen. So now what? And I know I'm not the only one that when I turned 18, I freaked out. I freaked out because I was like, I haven't done any of the stuff I wanted to do. I, I'm nowhere. I'm no one. I haven't done anything. I thought I was a failure at freaking 18. Like, and I know that other people who is just like, making so much noise outside of my apartment right now. Okay, thank you for stopping. I know I'm not the only one who had that like kind of panic attack when they turned 18 because you're like, oh shit, like it's over for me. Do you know what I mean? And then you start to get older and you get older and you get older and that feeling of missing out and having missed out stays with you. And the obsession with like youth and teenagers makes people feel old faster, makes people feel obsolete faster, makes people feel insecure because they're older and because there's this obsession with youth and teenagers. And it is just so weird to me because most of the shows and media and like, well, the things that happen in the shows, they could all be done in college. Think about it. Sex education, make it college. I see, I see no reason why the whole thing could not just be in college. Like, and then we wouldn't be watching, I know they're not actually minors, the actors are not actually minors, but they're pretending to be minors and that is still weird to me. I, am I the only one that thinks that's kind of weird? Because here's the thing, and I think that media didn't allot for this, right? Because I think when people started obsessing over teenagers in media, I think their idea was, oh, this is how we'll get the kids interested. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, kids like to watch TV. Let's make stuff for, for teenagers because they'll be into it, right? But the problem is we have um, developed so much in what can be shown on screen 
and like the the line has just kept getting pushed right as years go on more you're allowed to show more and more now things get more and more explicit and vulgar in like a general way and i have no problem with like the explicit what is the word explicitness i don't know like i have no problem with that but I do have a problem with the fact that we didn't reel it in on the teenage side. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I think they didn't plan for this. They didn't allow for the norm. The norm, if you want something to go big, I think people think that they have to put it in high school, right? I think they think that if they want a blockbuster, I mean, not like, a, obviously there's other blockbusters, but like so many of like the, the teenage Netflix shows and stuff like that, I think people think that things have to be in high school for people to watch it because that was the norm that was set. Whenever that was set, I don't even know, right? But because the lines of what is shown on screen have been pushed so far and people think they need to reach those at the same time, right? Which like, I guess is good television or something. I just think we're setting wildly high expectations for teenagers and for everyone else. Like in sex education, they're doing like some very advanced stuff and like role play and like all of this stuff. And I'm like, is this just maybe setting the bar a little bit too high? Don't you think? And don't you think it's a little bit weird how obsessed we are with the sex life of underage people? Don't you think? I mean, it's a great show, but like, can we also reel it in or just put it in college? I don't understand why we can't just make these things happen in college. Cause I also think that's a lot more realistic. Like I really do think that's when you start to find yourself. I mean, I know not everybody goes to college, but like that age, like the 18 to 22, that's when you really start to figure shit out. That's when you really start to navigate relationships, in my opinion, for most people. I don't think people usually come out of high school with all of this crazy sexual experience. Like, why are we doing that? I just think it's unnecessary. Do you know what I mean? So I would love for us to stop hypersexualizing teenagers and obsessing over the teenage years because well, you're going to age out of that. And then you're going to be like, well, now what? And you're going to feel like a failure. <sighs> That's that part. The second thing that I think has fundamentally messed us up as a society. And I really do think like every single person has been affected by this is the obsession with finding your soulmate finding the one, finding your partner. And I understand like, I understand the significance of wanting to find someone, right? And even just functionally, two heads are better than one. If you wanna, you know, have kids, whatever, like that, I, that makes sense, obviously, obviously, obviously. If you wanna do that, you wanna do that. But I, it's weird to me how also the term soulmate has been rebranded and just like, because, okay, I, I'm a spiritual person. I listen to a lot of different spiritual stuff, right? And so the concept of soulmate and the way it has been explained to me via all of the spiritual information that I take in via podcast, via Gaia, which is like spiritual Netflix, via YouTube, via all these different sources, these people that I listen to, right? 
the con the concept of a soulmate is not what you know modern society would say it is and that it's your one and only person that you're meant to be with right the concept of soulmates in the way that i understand it now and the way that it's been explained to me is like you have a tribe right you have a you have a tribe of people that in most of your lifetimes you're likely to meet right and we have these idea this idea of soul contracts which is and whether or not you believe in this shit i'm gonna make a point so if you're not into this it's it's okay just hold on <laughs> just hold on but so if you believe in the idea of soul contracts right and that every lifetime we have a curriculum of lessons that we're supposed to learn my question to you is does it make sense for one person to be the lesson A, B, if we have this curriculum of lessons, right? And we have our tribe up in the wherever of people who assist us in learning these lessons, right? Because the goal is the lesson and the growth and the expansion and the expansion of your consciousness and your ability to manipulate and transmute energy and just to learn and grow and expand, right? The goal is not supposed to be find, you know, Okay, we're gonna put a bunch of people on earth, we're gonna scatter them around, and then your mission is to find your one perfect puzzle piece, go. But that is the narrative, right? That is the narrative of what life is about. Scatter, find, find your one person, go. Figure it out. Does that make sense? No, no, it doesn't. Does that make sense for that to be the end goal of every lifetime? No, it doesn't, right? So. In my head, if we have this idea of soul contracts, we have these lessons we're supposed to learn. These, so the way soulmates has been explained to me is that you can have multiple soulmates and they might not be nice to you. And they're not necessarily supposed to be nice to you. They're supposed to help you grow. Your soulmate could be your brother who's an asshole to you, who maybe has an addiction and then you never talk to them again. And then you really, really grow from that situation, right? And and your, your soulmate could be your mom. It also could be a partner, but I don't think it has to be at all. I really don't. And I don't think your soulmate is promised to fulfill you, especially because you can have multiple. They are just players in the game, right? It's like the way it was explained to me is like, we're all actors like in a play and you know, you're up there trying to decide what your contract's gonna be, right? And it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna be the bad guy in this one so you can learn this, right? That's what your soulmates could be. And you could have a bunch of different soulmates. And the person that you might end up spending most of your life with romantically might not be your soulmate. In my opinion, it doesn't make sense for, first of all, there's not just one. There's not just one soulmate. So get that out of your head. The only reason they tell you that there is one soulmate, one person you're meant to find is that so you can marry them and they can keep tabs on your taxes and your money and you. You're easier to track. We're all easier to track if we all just find one person, link up with them. It's like literally advantageous to the government for us to do that and to think this way, right? It starts to get messy if there's more than one. It starts to get messy if we don't all get married. It starts to get messy if we believe in non-monogamy. Do you know what I mean? They don't want, they don't want that because it's messy for them. It's a control tactic. And so the term soulmate has been, has been weaponized to try and make us think there is one perfect person on this earth for us and our main goal in life is to find them 
Otherwise, life has not been fulfilled. What a lame gimmick. That's what I have to say to that. What a lame gimmick. And it's working, right? It's completely working. Everybody's running around like a chicken with their head cut off, trying to find their other half. You don't have one. You don't have one. You are the, the whole thing. You are the whole thing. And you are supposed to learn lessons. You're gonna have multiple soulmates in this lifetime who could be super fucking mean to you to help you learn a lesson. They're not necessarily supposed to be your husband. Because what would be the point? Why would we go through all of these lifetimes and all of these soul contracts just to be like, okay, you have to find your, the other half of the magnet. That's so dumb. That's so limiting and so stupid. And yet we are all indoctrinated with that idea. And the thing is, even though I'm saying this right now, I can't undo 23 years of programming, of social programming, making me believe that. Do you know what I'm saying? I can recognize that that's fucked, but I've had a lot of social conditioning to make me feel that it's a necessity to find a life partner. And so no matter how much awareness I think we have coming to this, it's like, I, I think we're still kind of fucked. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Cause like, it's not really socially acceptable to be alone, but even if you are alone and you don't care about the social acceptability piece there, it, we've been conditioned to feel lonely and to feel unfulfilled if we don't find our soul mate. And so it's a losing game, right? Because what you're gonna do, and this is what you end up doing, what you end up doing is you end up getting into relationships that don't necessarily fully suit you a lot of the time and trying to make them work in the name of life partnership, in the name of your soulmate, because this is what you were told you were supposed to do. This is what you were told you were supposed to do. You found someone that fits and now you have to hold on to them for dear life. Otherwise you are not you anymore and you are not successful and you have not been fulfilled. You will chop off pieces of yourself to fit the narrative you were told to want. That was a bar, let me say that again. You will cut off pieces of yourself to fit the image of the narrative that you were told to want. Because if you don't, you have to deal with a lot of emotional pain. You have to deal with a lot of baggage, right? And we have not been prepared to deal with it properly either. So sometimes it is easier to just go along with the lame gimmick, keep it pushing, go along with what society says to do, try and find your soulmate. Because like, uh, otherwise like, you know, people are gonna look at you crazy and you're gonna feel crazy and blah, 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 blah. But is that not the most crazy thing? And like, just lately, I've just been thinking about marriage and it's just like, what, why, why, what, huh? And again, though, I'm not saying I won't get married. And that this is, this is my whole point of the video is that I can recognize that these things are fucked. That doesn't mean I am, you know, freed from them at all by any means. And I also think it's very interesting, like all the conversations I've seen people have, have, blah, blah, blah all of the conversations I've seen people having lately, um, you know, on TikTok talking about how marriage benefits men and how, you know, women who are unmarried are actually a lot happier than women who are married and women who are married usually die younger, but men like greatly benefit from it statistically. And that is because, you know, in a marriage, the woman 
generally carries the brunt of the familial load and the load in organizing and running the family, right? Um, And so I think especially as women, it is really important to start thinking about this in the in the what will actually make you happy sense kind of thing instead of just going with the grain for the sake of going with the grain and i'm not saying don't get married that's not what i'm saying right because so my whole thing like on this channel on this podcast on tiktok period my whole thing is recognizing the structures being super duper aware of them and aware of what they're doing to you and what they're trying to make you do. And then from that place of complete and total awareness and honesty, honesty with yourself, then you can make an informed decision, right? But you need to at least know what's going on before you make these decisions rather than just going mindlessly with the grain kind of thing. So I'm not saying don't get married, but I am saying, don't don't just get married to get married, obviously, but also really think about the concept of marriage and if it's actually going to benefit you and actually going to make you happy. But honestly, like I don't even I'm not even really here to tell people like not to get married. I'm here to say I think a lot of us are chasing something that doesn't exist. That's what I'm here to say. I think a lot of us are chasing something that doesn't exist. I think the idea of soulmate that has been, you know, rebranded by the Western world and used to try and make you find one person and get married to them and create children with them. I think that idea has been weaponized against us in a really nasty way. And I think that we're all trying to find this perfect person who is supposed to be our other half, our perfect match. And they literally simply do not exist. I'm not saying you can't find somebody who is a great match for you. I'm not saying you can't find somebody who you want to live with for the rest of your life and who makes you super happy. But this idea of somebody being cut from the same cloth as you, designed to fit you like a glove, I think creates a perpetual dissatisfaction in all of us. Because if you are super aware, if you are super intelligent and you're out here looking for somebody to match your energy, you're gonna have a hard time simply by the fact that most people in this society are not awake like you are, right? Are not aware like you are. And if they are, then what is the likelihood that their traits are gonna accurately match yours? And it's like, yes, you can find somebody who fits you. That doesn't mean they're your soulmate and that's okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Your soulmate might've been the person who did something really, really terrible to you that made you grow because the end goal is not to be married. The end goal of life is not just to be married. Why the frick? Why, why, why would it be that? Why have we gotten here? Cause it really does feel like walking on this earth, the whole point is just to find somebody else to make you feel better. Why would we be doing, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Why would I come all the way up from the cosmos down here just to meet a mediocre man and spend the rest of my life with him? Why would my soul do that? She's not dumb. I think there's more points to life, people, than finding your soul. Fuck, 
F that. F that whole idea. And I think it's, it's very disempowering, right? It takes the power out of your hands, puts it into both the government and, and fate. Like, (laughs) it's like, they're like, one day you're just going to meet your perfect. And the thing is, I think sometimes your soulmate could be your partner. Sure. But I think they're like meant to teach you other things. You know, the point isn't just, okay, now you're married. Good job. Cause then you would just die and it'd be over. You know what I mean? Like the point would have been proven. You would have checked the box race is over. So I just think there's more to life. And I think that's a massive distraction. I think it's a massive distraction, distracting us from what we could actually do, what we could actually be exploring. Okay, now on to some questions from the listeners. Okay, now I'm going to answer some questions from the listeners. So a couple people sent some questions in that I'm going to answer. Hi, Kira. This is a podcast question and a question in general. I am biracial, black and white. I recently got my curly hair permed straight. I do regret it a bit, but that's besides the point. I am proudly a black girl, black to most people, if you get what I mean. My intention with this perm was never to erase any form of blackness or to send any type of message that straight hair looks better or is better than natural hair. My hair was just extremely high maintenance because I am a swimmer. I swim every single day for at least two hours. My hair was becoming too time consuming. My other option towards a low maintenance hair situation was protective styles. I soon realized that wouldn't work very well because of swim cap. I feel that because when I had braids, like I couldn't really dance. Like it's, it's really heavy. And like, if you need to put costumes on and stuff like that, it's like really difficult. Um, If I could, I would have kept my natural hair. It is beautiful, but I feel guilty. I feel guilty by the fault of others and by the fault of myself. I can tell that people at school think I am ashamed of my natural hair. They think I don't want to be black. I haven't told many people that it's perm, so to everyone at school, it just looks like I've straightened it every day. Is there something wrong with this? Did I erase part of my blackness? If you saw me at school with straight hair every day, would you think anything of it? One girl said something like, so much for a proud black woman. Whoa. And that really bothered me. What does it look like to them? Does it look like I'm spending time every day to straighten my hair because I think it makes me prettier because I think my natural hair is ugly? I really don't know. I don't know if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm ashamed of my blackness to other people. I'm confused and sad. I don't feel valid anymore as I identify strongly with my black side and I'm an activist and advocate for black women is everything I'm doing for my community invaluable and not taken seriously to others just because of my hair situation, which by just looking at me, you can tell absolutely nothing about. It just simply, simply looks like I straightened my hair. Okay. This is a big one. So first of all, you can tell people that you straightened it for convenience. And I think in situations like this, like if it's more convenient for you, that is like totally valid and okay. And I don't think you need to have curly hair to be a proud black woman. I really don't think that at all. Um, However, I would say if you feel, and I wouldn't say that you erased part of your blackness. I would never say that. However, If you feel, if you feel that a vital part of your identity has been lost, then that is a lesson learned. And when your hair grows out and like, you know, it's not perm anymore. And I mean, I don't know if you'll want to cut it or whatever, 
But if you do want to keep it natural going forward, well, now at least you know that, right? And like, I used to straighten my hair when I was in high school and I, I, I like relaxed it from a box. So it wasn't really like a real relaxing. It was like, it just made it sort of wavy and it like faded away, right? But for me, the reason I did it was because I was super, super uncomfortable with my hair. And I would always like my curly hair, I could never ever have it down. Like I was super uncomfortable with the idea of having it down. And, or, or when it was down, I would just like, I would just push it around and it just never felt like comfortable. I never felt comfortable in it. So I relaxed it because I wanted to be able to wear it down and be comfortable. And so that was actually a really good idea for me because what that did is, cause it gradually got curlier, right? And so I was comfortable with it when it was like semi-relaxed. And then as it started to gradually go back to the way it was, I just grew into being comfortable with it down and now I can wear it down. I literally could not wear my hair down and curly before that. So sometimes you have to take a detour to get where you wanna be, is my point, right? And you don't always have to be rocking your natural hair like to feel, like sometimes you have to try not natural to know that you want to be natural kind of thing. And that's fine. And you don't have to, like, you, you need to give yourself time to like figure that out. But also like, if it's more convenient for you and you like it straight, I see no problem with that. I see no problem with that. And if anybody says that you're no longer a proud black woman, show them a picture of Beyonce or Megan Thee Stallion or Nicki Minaj, a lot of proud black women who do not have natural hair. That's a really, like for them to say that is so dumb. Like that's so dumb. So that's it for today's podcast. Make sure to let me know what you think of this episode down below. Make sure to share it with your friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Kirabria. I'm trying to get to 10K so I can do swipe ups. So when I post the links to stuff like this, I don't have to say link in bio because I think it's very trailer park. I can just say swipe up. And then it's also easier for you all to just swipe up. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. And I hope to talk to you soon. Bye.